Hello and welcome to the Diet Diatribe podcast. This show is designed to talk about all of the honest failures and successes when it comes to diet and exercise that all of us experience day to day. Yes, we want this to be uplifting, but we also want it to be truthful and realistic. As we age, our bodies slow down and our metabolisms drop off, our sex drives go haywire, and nothing usually goes the way we want it to, as we all know. We want to talk about all these things and share our crazy stories about what we do to try and lose weight and get healthy, as well as what we do wrong in that battle. I guess you could call this podcast a diary of sorts, and each week we're going to break down our diet and exercise and have guests on in the future who'll talk about their stories too. This week, we are going to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart. And as we all have done the lockdowns and the quarantines and all the other fun stuff that has come along with this COVID-19 outbreak, we have found ourselves in positions that we have never been in before. And so when I say that, what I mean is that our diets and our exercise regimens have changed tremendously during this time as we have not been allowed to go to gyms, as we have been told to stay home, as we've been prevented from going into public spaces to hike and run and do all kinds of the exercise and outdoor activities that we had done in the past. We've found that we are consuming more alcohol. We have gained a little bit of weight, we are eating foods that we normally wouldn't be eating, and we have found ourselves just in general in positions that we've never been in before. Myself personally, I've maintained the same weight for probably five to six years now, and then all of a sudden when we had the quarantine, I gained about 10 pounds. So it's the struggle is real, <laughs> as you probably all know as well. And one of the biggest things that has derailed my diet has been alcohol consumption. So I just want to talk a little bit today about alcohol consumption and what it does to your body and what it does to your diet so that listeners can kind of understand how it's impacting weight gain or weight loss or ability to lose weight. So I found a really cool article that talks a little bit about alcohol on medicine.net. So we'll start out with what is alcohol? And alcohol is part of many social occasions from family dinners to parties to sporting events and nightcaps. Um, For many of us, it's become a comfort, (laughs) especially during these very, very stressful times where we've been forced to stay at home. So for many people, having a glass of wine in the evening, having a drink after a hard day's work has become a stress relief. Uh, The problems associated with alcoholism are well known. And what about the impact, though, of social drinking or moderate intake of alcohol? Does alcohol belong in our diet or does the risk that it presents outweigh benefits that could be derived from consuming certain types of it? The truth is no one needs alcohol to live. So regardless of what you want to believe, alcohol is not really essential in our diets. And I'm sure we all know this. We consume alcohol to relax, to socialize and or to celebrate. Depending on your age, health and the amount you consume, there can be some added health benefits to alcohol consumption. But the negative consequences when consumed in excess far outweigh those benefits. Many people believe that as long as they're not an alcoholic, they're not at risk for health problems. This may or may not be the case depending on many factors, though. And if you want to be able to drink and gain any benefits that exist while avoiding the negative consequences, you need to understand alcohol and learn about the research and guidelines for safely consuming it in moderation. Good nutrition can help to improve your health and prevent diseases and the essential nutrients that your body needs are carbohydrates, protein, fat, vitamins, minerals, and water. 
The term essential means that if you remove any one of these nutrients from your diet, then there can be a deficiency created that could cause health problems. Alcohol will not fall under the category of an essential nutrient because not having it in your diet doesn't lead to any sort of deficiency with your body. Alcoholic beverages primarily consist of water, alcohol or ethanol, and different amounts of sugar. The calories come from the alcohol and sugar and are considered empty calories because of the lack of other essential nutrients in it. It's something that you may choose to add to your diet, but not something that you need to have in it. Although for some of us, let me tell you, we, we feel like we need it during these stressful times. But alcohol is actually classified as a drug and is known as a depressant not a stimulant as many people think. What ends up happening is you put things like Coca-Cola or things with caffeine in them or sugar and then it gives you that pick you up but alcohol itself is a depressant. Under this category it is the most widely used drug in the world and according to the National Institute for Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism in the United States about 17.6 million people about one in every 12 adults abuses alcohol or is alcohol dependent. And this is a serious problem, as we all know, which is why we need to kind of maintain certain limits when you're consuming alcohol. But the majority of the population consumes alcohol moderately or occasionally. You don't need to be an alcoholic for alcohol to interfere with your health and your life. The potential to become addicted to alcohol is a serious problem that can impact anyone as we all know. Alcohol is known as ethanol and is made through a process called fermentation. During fermentation, yeast breaks sugar down into ethanol and carbon dioxide. This process is done without any air present and once complete, the carbon dioxide gas bubbles out into the air, leaving ethanol and water behind. Distilled spirits like vodka, rum, gin, and whiskey are fermented and then distilled to separate the ethanol from the water. Various sources of sugar are used in these processes, resulting in different forms of alcohol. The sugar from crushed grapes is used to make wine, malted barley is used to make beer, sugarcane or molasses can make rum, grain potatoes, beets, molasses, and a variety of other plants are also used to make vodka. The technique used to make the beverage will determine the amount of alcohol in it. And you can see the percentage of alcohol per volume listed on each one of the bottles of the different types of alcohol, as well as the proof of the drink. The proof of a beverage is twice the alcohol content, so a drink with 12% alcohol per volume is about 24 proof. Generally, a 12-ounce glass of beer, a 5-ounce glass of wine, or a 1.5-ounce shot of liquor contain about one half ounce of pure alcohol and are considered one drink. How is alcohol metabolized? Well, if you've ever wondered why you feel the way you do after drinking alcohol, then here it is. The effects of that alcohol on your health start when you consume that alcohol, but once alcohol is in your system, your body makes metabolizing it a priority. That means that it will stop metabolizing anything else in order to take care of the alcohol. This happens because, unlike protein, carbohydrates, and fat, there is nowhere for alcohol to be stored in your body. Once alcohol enters your stomach, up to 20% of it can be absorbed there and go directly into your bloodstream. So within minutes, alcohol will reach your brain and give the feeling of being a stimulant. No other food or beverage in your diet is able to do this. The remaining alcohol then goes to your intestines and is absorbed there with the rest of the nutrients. And a small amount of alcohol is secreted through sweat, saliva, urine, and your breath, which is how it is detected by a breathalyzer if you happen to get stopped. But your liver 
liver is the primary site for alcohol metabolism, and that's why you can have liver problems from consuming too much alcohol. Alcohol is detoxified and removed from the blood through a process called oxidation. And oxidation prevents the alcohol from accumulating and destroying cells and organs. So essentially a healthy liver oxidizes pure ethanol at the rate of about one quarter to one third of an ounce per hour, which is less than one ounce of hard liquor though. So when you drink alcohol, your blood alcohol concentration or BAC can rise pretty rapidly. So within about 10 minutes of having a drink, there's enough alcohol in your blood to measure. The blood alcohol concentration is determined by how quickly alcohol is absorbed, distributed, metabolized, and excreted in the human body. And the following factors can influence your BAC. One, your gender. Two, your race. Three, food consumed with the alcohol. Four, chronic alcohol consumption. Five, drinking patterns. And six, medications. All of those things can impact how your body is able to metabolize alcohol. So having one standard drink will result in a peak in BAC within 35 to 45 minutes, typically, but not always. A 150-pound person with normal liver function metabolizes about 7 to 14 grams of alcohol per hour, which is approximately 100 to 200 kilogram of body weight per hour. This is comparable to 8 to 12 ounces of beer or half of an alcoholic drink. Controlling the rate of consumption will give your liver time to metabolize the alcohol and limit your BAC. Once you stop drinking, though, your blood alcohol level decreases by about 0.01% per hour. Time is the only way to eliminate alcohol from your system, so cold showers and coffee will not typically sober you up. Trying to get someone who is drunk to feel and appear more alert can cause a false sense of sobriety to the person drinking and everyone around them. So what are the negative effects of too much alcohol? Anyone who has ever experienced a hangover would agree that alcohol use doesn't always feel so great. Unfortunately, most people forget how bad it is and find themselves with a hangover more than once. The dangers can go far beyond that and do not only apply to those who drink excessive amounts. The impact felt by alcohol begins pretty quickly and as your BAC rises, you can feel the effects of alcohol, which includes some of the following, which I'm sure we've all experienced at some point or another, but reduced inhibitions, slurred speech, motor impairment, confusion, memory problems, concentration problems, coma, breathing problems, and death. So yes, you can drink yourself to death, but long-term alcohol consumption can cause problems related to your brain, liver, cirrhosis of the liver, stenosis, alcoholic hepatitis, and fibrosis to your heart, high blood pressure, cardiomyopathy, arrhythmias, and stroke. It can also impact your pancreas with pancreatitis and immune system. And it can also put you at risk for certain cancers, including those of the mouth, esophagus, throat, breast, and liver. And it can cause fetal alcohol syndrome in the infant when consumed by pregnant women. There's no safe level for alcohol consumption in pregnant and lactating women. So be aware of that. Some people will suggest that, hey, if I just have a glass of wine, it's okay. But doctors now conclusively say there is no one drink type of a thing because each 
person processes alcohol different, particularly when they're pregnant. According to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, nearly 88,000 people, approximately 62,000 men, and 26,000 women die from alcohol-related causes annually. And this is very serious. This is the third leading preventable cause of death in the United States, unfortunately. And in 2013, alcohol-impaired driving fatalities accounted for about 10,000 deaths in the U.S. So that, again, is very, very serious. But how does alcohol affect your weight? And that's the major thing that we're kind of focusing on and trying to concentrate in this Diet Diatribe podcast. And are you guaranteed to gain weight by consuming alcohol? No. And I want to make that clear from the jump. Alcohol consumption does not necessarily equate to weight gain. Does this mean that it has no impact on your weight? And again, the answer to that is no. Weight gain ultimately comes down to taking in more calories than your body needs. When you consume alcohol, you're consuming calories. When these calories take you above the level that your body needs, you gain weight. It is just that simple. And along with the calories, there may be even more ways that alcohol can lead to weight gain. Research has shown both a positive and negative association between alcohol consumption and weight or BMI. Heavy drinking and binge drinking appear to be most likely to contribute to weight gain while light to moderate intake does not appear to be related. The studies vary in how they define each of these categories and people are not always accurate about what they report when doctors ask them how much they are drinking. When it comes to your weight, it will come down to total calories consumed. In food, one gram of protein has about 4 kcals. One gram of carbohydrate has 4 kcals, and one gram of fat has 9 kcals. With alcohol, one gram has about 7 kcals. This can add up very quickly, especially when you are consuming mixed drinks. It's really easy to forget you can drink as many calories as you can eat in a very quick amount of time. In fact, some drinks can have as many calories as a whole meal. Check out how many calories you can get from your favorite cocktails. Remember to check the serving size and add the calories from any juice or soda that is combined with the liquor. So essentially a beer that is a light beer, about 12 ounces of that can be about 100 calories. A regular beer, on the other hand, is about 150 calories. A frozen daiquiri, and that's not including whipped cream on the top, can be about 216 calories for four ounces. A Mai Tai, and that's only four ounces of it, is 310 calories. Whereas about four ounces of a margarita is about 270 calories. A shot of rum is about 100 calories, as well as a shot of vodka and whiskey. A wine spritzer is about 50 calories, so that's a good option. And a wine dessert wine, a sweet dessert wine, is about 180 calories. So the next time you reach for a cocktail before your meal, consider if it's worth the weight you could be gaining from it. Research has shown a 20% increase in calories consumed at a meal when alcohol was consumed before the meal. There was a total caloric increase of 33% when the calories from the alcohol were added. Along with the increase in weight, you can have an increased risk to your health because of where you gain the weight. A study of over 3,000 people showed that consuming elevated amounts of alcohol is associated with abdominal obesity in men. Many people joke about there being a beer belly, but a beer belly puts you at an increased risk of type 2 diabetes, elevated blood lipids, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease. 
The late night munchies are often associated with the night of drinking as well. Have you ever realized that anytime you drink alcohol, you're hungrier or you end up eating more than usual? Studies have shown that in the short term, alcohol consumption stimulates food intake and can increase feelings of hunger as well. Having your judgment impaired and stimulating your appetite is a recipe for failure if you're trying to follow a weight control plan. Amen to that. The form that alcohol comes in can also be a part of the reason you gain your weight from drinking. This applies to all liquids that contain calories. Research has shown that liquid calories are different from calories consumed from food when it comes to our weight. Imagine eating three or four oranges versus drinking an eight ounce glass of orange juice. The oranges take longer to consume because you need the time to chew and you may also enjoy the taste and feel more than drinking all the juice all of which can lead to a feeling of more satisfaction with the food and being more aware of calories being consumed. Being aware of the calories can then lead you to cut back later in the day, a practice known as leading to what is called dietary compensation. One study compared the effects of 450 kcals from jelly beans versus juice on total caloric intake. They found that people tended to cut back on calories during the day when they had the jelly beans, but not when they drank the juice. Hmm. Here are some tips for calorie reduction when consuming alcohol. Have one non-alcoholic drink in between each alcoholic drink. Select light versions whenever possible. Light means fewer calories, but these products are not calorie or alcohol free, so you will need to limit your intake as well. Always have food in your stomach before you drink and keep water available to quench your thirst while you drink alcoholic beverages. And last, learn to sip your drink to make it last longer. How does alcohol affect your blood sugar? The sugar in our blood, also known as blood glucose, is used for growth and energy. Blood glucose comes from the foods that we eat and the breakdown of the glucose stored in our muscles. And it can also be made from other nutrients in the body. Normally, when your blood sugar begins to drop, your body can respond by making more blood sugar or burning up stored sugar. And when your blood sugar begins to rise, additional insulin is secreted to bring your levels back to a healthy range. Alcohol is considered a poison by your body and all efforts are made to excrete it, including the cessation of maintaining healthy blood glucose levels. Studies have shown that alcohol interferes with all three sources of glucose and the hormones needed to maintain healthy blood glucose levels. The greatest impact is seen in those who drink heavily on a frequent basis. Heavy drinkers deplete their glycogen stores within a few hours when their diet does not provide a sufficient amount of carbohydrate. Over time, excess alcohol consumption can decrease insulin's effectiveness, resulting in high blood sugar levels. One study showed that about 45% to 70% of people with alcoholic liver decrease had either glucose intolerance or diabetes. Pretty scary. Alcohol can also negatively impact blood sugar levels each time that it's consumed, regardless of the frequency of consumption. Research has shown that acute consumption increases insulin secretion, causing low blood sugar or hypoglycemia and can also impair the hormonal response that would normally rectify the low blood sugar. Drinking as little as two ounces of alcohol on an empty stomach can lead to very low blood sugar levels. This makes alcohol an even bigger problem for anyone with diabetes. Along with the impact on blood sugar though, studies have shown that alcohol can impact the effectiveness of hypoglycemic medications. So extreme caution should be taken when consuming alcohol if you have diabetes 
or just avoid it altogether if you have diabetes, which sounds like the smarter thing to do. There's also an increased risk of problems when combining exercise and alcohol. It's not uncommon for people to go out for a drink after playing sports like hockey, soccer, or tennis, or to consume some alcoholic beverages while playing. Your blood sugar levels naturally drop during exercise and your body is working on replacing your glycogen stores once you're finished. Consuming alcohol during this time will halt this process and can cause blood sugar levels to stay at an unhealthy level. Alcohol can wreak havoc on a system that is in place for your health and well-being. Excessively low or high blood sugar levels have long-term consequences. Be aware of that. If you choose to consume alcohol, here are some tips to help avoid this problem. Never drink on an empty stomach. Start with a non-alcoholic beverage to satisfy your thirst and continue to have one available while you consume alcohol. Limit the amount that you drink. You can make a drink last longer and lower the impact that you will have on your blood sugars by having a wine spritzer. And if you have diabetes, speak with your physician about how alcohol will affect your medications. Consume beverages without alcohol during and after exercise. So let's talk about nutritional deficiencies. Does alcohol contribute to this? Hmm, I guess we're going to find out. But when alcohol replaces foods in a person's diet, the decreased intake of nutrients can cause primary malnutrition. Consuming too little of any of these essential nutrients, protein, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins, and or minerals can lead to deficiencies and health problems. Deficiencies can also occur because alcohol and its metabolism prevent the body from properly absorbing, digesting, and using the essential nutrients in your body. And unfortunately, deficiency signs only occur when your body's extremely depleted. So by the time you find out about the deficiency, you're already suffering the health consequences. The following are common deficiencies brought on by alcohol consumption, vitamin B1 or thiamine. It's found in many foods, including cereal grains, beans, nuts, yeast, and meat. And in the body, high concentrations are found in skeletal muscles and in the liver, brain, kidneys, and heart. In other tissues, thiamine is required for building and functioning of several enzymes. These enzymes are important for the breakdown of sugar molecules into other types of molecules, production of certain brain chemicals, the production of several other essential molecules, and maintaining the body's ability to fend against free radicals. Alcohol rapidly reduces thiamine levels in people who chronically use it. And it, an unbalanced diet and alcohol's impact on absorption, storage, activation, and excretion of thiamine are thought to be the reasons this occurs. Beriberi disease is caused by deficiency of vitamin B1. The two major types of beriberi are wet and dry. Wet beriberi affects the cardiovascular system and dry beriberi affects the nervous system. Early symptoms of thiamine depletion include weakness, fatigue, and emotional disturbance. As this continues, the deficiency leads to beriberi with cardiac failure, neuropathy, or peripheral endema. There's a, a, quite a few other disorders and diseases and syndromes that can also happen with this that can be pretty significant. As long as alcohol consumption continues, it's difficult to know how much thiamine to give to correct the deficiencies because alcohol will continue to interfere with thiamine being properly absorbed and converted into its active form. Folate is a B vitamin that's received a great deal of attention for its health benefits. Most notably is the risk of birth defects and cancer with an inadequate intake. 
Folate helps produce and maintain new cells. It's found in a variety of foods, including vegetables. Spinach, asparagus, Brussels sprouts are the highest, as well as nuts, beans, peas, fruits, and fruit juices, meat, eggs, seafood, yeast, and dairy products. Alcohol definitely interferes with dietary folate intake and absorption and helps prevent transportation of folate to necessary tissues and the storage and release of folate by the liver. Moderate alcohol consumption over two weeks can significantly de decrease serum folate concentration in healthy men. So you want to be aware of that. Um, does alcohol cause nutritional deficiencies? B12 is something that can also be caused to be deficient in the body with too much alcohol consumption as well as vitamin A, calcium, and protein. So be aware that this alcohol consumption that you're doing for fun or to relax could potentially be depleting your body of essential vitamins and nutrients that you need for your cells to regenerate and your body to function properly. Do beverages with artificial sweeteners react with alcohol? The low-carb diet craze has led to an increased consumption of diet beverages being used in alcoholic drinks to mix with regular alcohols. Pre-mixed alcoholic drinks are usually made with sugar-sweetened beverages like juice and soda, and the presence of sugar was thought to decrease the rapidity with which the alcohol would empty from the stomach and get absorbed into the small intestines. But nothing was known about how artificial sweeteners would impact the absorption of alcohol. However, Recent studies examined the differences in blood alcohol levels from drinks containing sweetened with regular sweeteners and drinks sweetened with diet sweeteners. The study found a significant difference in blood alcohol levels between the two types of drinks. In fact, the diet beverage produced blood alcohol levels that would be considered illegal for driving in many jurisdictions, while comparable quantities of regular beverages did not. This poses a potentially dangerous situation, and it is clear that there should be a separate guideline for the safe consumption of artificially sweetened alcoholic beverages. Yikes. So how much alcohol can you safely consume? If you choose to consume alcohol, you need to do so with the knowledge of how much is safe for you personally and not base it on what others around you are consuming. The guidelines have been established to help you set limits on how much you consume in order to possibly gain some health benefits while avoiding health issues. The guidelines are as follows. For healthy men up to age 60, no more than four drinks in a day and no more than 14 drinks in a week. For healthy women, and healthy men over the age of 60, no more than three drinks in a day and no more than seven drinks in a week. One standard drink is 12 ounces of regular beer, which is usually about 5% alcohol, five ounces of wine, which is typically about 12% alcohol, and 1.5 ounces of distilled spirits, which is about 40% alcohol. To get an even better idea of how many drinks you may be having, here's a list of the number of standard drinks you would get in each of these. Beer, 12 ounces equals one standard drink. 22 ounces equals two standard drinks. 16 ounces equals 1.3 standard drinks. 40 ounces equals 3.3 standard drinks. Table wine, a standard 750 milliliter bottle is five standard drinks. Malt liquor, 12 ounces is about 1.5 standard drinks. 22 ounces is about 2.5 standard drinks. 16 ounces is about two standard drinks. And 40 ounces is about 4.5 standard drinks. Going over the guidelines leaves you at risk for health complications and interferes with any possible health benefits you could potentially gain from consuming that. Moderation is the key here. Binge drinking and heavy drinking fall into the dangerous category and binge drinking 
The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration defines binge drinking as drinking five or more alcoholic drinks in the same sitting or at least one a day for the past 30 days. The National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism defines binge drinking as a pattern of drinking that brings blood alcohol concentrations to 0.08. This typically occurs after four drinks for women and five drinks for men in about two hours. So heavy drinking is defined as drinking five or more drinks in the same occasion on each of five or more days in the past 30 days. The reason that people consume alcohol is clear, but the cost of this consumption is not. Alcohol is toxic to our bodies and the cost can be irreversible when intake exceeds the recommended levels. The damage is not limited to alcoholics, so everyone who consumes alcohol needs to pay attention to how much they're drinking, what they're drinking, and when they're doing so. So it's pretty clear to those of you out here who have listened to this podcast and the article that I just went over, you can see that alcohol does play some pretty major parts in your body when you consume it in how your body processes food, your inhibitions, your self-control, all sorts of other things that could potentially derail your diet. So when I look at the effects of alcohol on my own diet, I can see that I have gained weight primarily because of the consumption of alcohol. So... This week, I am down about two pounds, which is pretty significant for me. I've been exercising pretty steadily every day, gym and running, so cardiovascular exercise as well as weightlifting for six days this week. So I'm pretty proud of myself for having the self-control and the discipline to stick to it. My diet has been really good. I haven't binged. I haven't had unhealthy foods either. So this week's diet diatribe is limit the alcohol, folks. And that's what I've tried to do this week as well. I haven't eliminated it completely, but I have limited it to a very good degree. Enough to keep my diet on track for this week. So until next time, folks, get out there and be aware of how much alcohol you're consuming and how it can impact your diet. Good night.